Welcome back to another episode of the Fed and Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Cassie Joy Garcia, and I am pretty dang pumped about today's episode. It, you guys have been asking that we talk about this for literally years now. We've been doing this podcast for multiple years, and um, I'm so excited to introduce you all to Dr. Nicole Bullock. I'm going to read you a little bit about uh, her bio so you can just, I can briefly introduce her. She can do a much better job of it, of course, and then we'll jump into some really fun Q&A. So, um, Nicole, it has been a practicing OBGYN in Abilene, Texas since 2011. She graduated medical school in 2004 from the University of North Texas Health Science Center, the Texas College of Osteopathic Medicine. She is now an, an adjunct clinical assistant professor for the UNTH SE. That's, that's a lot of letters. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and recently finished a graduate certificate in lifestyle medicine. Also through the same program, she is truly passionate about women's health, is an active leader in her community, and feels that it is a privilege to give back to her hometown. She's also been interviewed multiple times with Refinery29 and the Strategist of New York Magazine, or Strategist. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> she wrote a guest blog for Diva Cup blog back in 2014, which is one of the things we're talking about today that's really been the most requested topic. Uh, and it is her goal for her patients to think better, feel better, and live better. She became obsessed with the Diva Cup around 2008 to 2009 and first contacted them in 2010 when she did the Susan G. Komen three-day breast cancer walk. She sent an email through their contact link on their website explaining that she was a huge fan of Diva Cup and asked if they would sponsor her OBGYN office team. They said no, but they sent a few cups to give to patients and she continued to drop the occasional note just to tell them how much she loved the product. A few years later, Sophie asked her to write the blog post about vaginal health, which is what we're going to talk about today. And that's how she started her relationship with Sophie Zvitku. Did I say that right? I think so. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. I got that right. Diva International Communications Manager. Fun facts about Nicole. She teaches yoga. She loves CrossFit. She's a nutrition nerd by hobby. Paleo for 10 years. Oh, it's like we're sisters. <laughs> and she married her high school sweetheart. I met mine when I was 18, so almost close to high school. Close. <laughs> Welcome. To, that was such a wonderful intro. Thank you so much for sending it over. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Thank you, Cassie. This will be so much fun. Oh my goodness, I am, I'm so tickled. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a long time. Um, I did a pretty good job, I feel like, of covering the bases, but is there anything else you'd like to tell folks about your background and really what inspired your interest um, in promoting true wellness, true women's wellness in this way? I think I grew up with uh, parents who were just always interested in overall health. You know, my parents didn't just run to the doctor or give us antibiotics. In fact, uh, one of my favorite stories to tell, I went to osteopathic medical school and I knew I wanted to be a DO. And uh, when I was growing up, I can tell you the name of my chiropractor from when I was five years old. I do not know the name of my pediatrician. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's kind of the background I came from where my parents, nutrition always mattered, health always mattered. Um, and so when I finally decided on medical school, choosing the osteopathic route, you know, in practice these days, there's not much difference between a DO and an MD. Um, but the, the foundation of medicine, what we're taught in med school, I still think there's a foundational difference between an osteopathic physician and an allopathic physician. Um, and those, those lines get blurred, but, uh, 
I knew that was the path that I wanted to take just, just to get through med school. Um, and then women's wellness, it just, I liked the continuity of care. Um, my, my attending, favorite attending in residency used to tell us if you want to change the world, all you have to do is change mom because they have such an impact on that, um, that tribe, you know, that nuclear family, it's, if mom does the grocery shopping, mom does the cooking, mom makes the decisions, you know, like it's so centered around mom taking care of everybody that if you can change mom, you can change the world. And so, uh, I've absolutely taken that to heart. And so that's what I do every day is try to try to change mom so I can change the world. (laughs) What a beautiful mission. I love that. Thank you. That's really lovely. And that's the first time I've ever thought of it that way. That's really incredible. Um, Wow, what a really, really neat thing that you're doing. And, and you've been practicing um, for a while now. Uh, so is, is the Diva Cup and uh, other menstrual hygiene products, is that a question that comes up a lot for you in your practice? Surprisingly, it does not come up that much. I have in my office Diva Cup oh, brochures, things like that. So every now and then a patient will ask just because it's out and around. Um, but it is surprising that it doesn't get, a, doesn't get a brought up more often. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, I kind of want to jump right into it, and I have a couple other questions for you yeah. to surprise you with. But uh, I, I'm, I'm curious if you could just give folks for folks listening that have never heard of a diva, because <laughs> um, there's probably a good chunk of them. Uh-huh. Uh, do you mind giving them a brief introduction and kind of where that would fit into a, a normal routine? Yeah. So diva cup is an alternative to using a pad or a tampon during a menstrual cycle, and so it is a usually silicone or uh, latex. There's actually hundreds probably of different menstrual cups on the market, which I've only learned about in the last few months. Um, Diva cup is pretty popular and easy to find, but it is a name brand. So a menstrual cup in general is a medical grade silicone and it sits inside the vagina and it collects menstrual blood. The advantages are that it has uh, it is super convenient to use and periods are messy no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. And so there are just a lot of advantages of u- using a menstrual cup over using a pad or a tampon. Um, and I think the biggest one is that it's reusable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of, I don't remember how I even found out about it, honestly, but once I started using it, um, the menstrual cups, they do come in different sizes and you can leave them in for 12 hours, which pads and tampons have to be changed more frequently. So that's where convenience is a little bit better with a, with a menstrual cup. And then that it's reusable, you know, you don't have to buy tampons every month. Like that just all of a sudden this was life changing <laughs> information. <laughs> that's incredible. Um, wow. That's really neat. So 12 hours, I had no idea. I, I, I have not jumped on the ship yet, but I have a feeling after our conversation today, <laughs> I also, I mean, let's just get really personal on this episode. I had a baby in, she was born in January. So I haven't had to deal with this in about a year and a half. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) But what better time to make the transition? You know, when those periods come back. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. We'll just start fresh. (laughs) Um, Wow, that's really fascinating. Okay, so what are some of the other advantages of, of a reusable menstrual cup like that? It is comfortable, similar to that learning curve of having, to, you know, learning to use a tampon. You kind of feel it in the beginning or, I don't know, when you're 14 and you think tampons right. are like the grossest thing ever. You know, there is definitely a learning curve to using a menstrual cup. Um, but once it's in place, it should definitely be comfortable, pretty 
unnoticeable, really. Uh, it's good for 12 hours at a time. If you're really heavy with your cycles, you know, if you're using super tampons or super pads and you got to change them every three to four hours, you might have to change or kind of empty out your cup maybe at the eight hour mark. I get questions a lot about what do you do in a public bathroom? Mm-hmm. Well, if it's good for eight to 12 hours, like you should have a moment that you're not in the public bathroom, you know, like it, sure. and you can, there's ways, there's ways to get around that, but it, that's not something that you should encounter very often um, just because you can wear it for so long. So even overnight, then you should be good. Um, it being reusable, it will kind of discolor over time, but really they only have to be replaced maybe every like two years. Wow. So we're talking two years worth of saving on pads and tampons. That's, that's a lot. That's a huge difference. And so you can look at that from an economical standpoint or from the environmental standpoint, like either way, like that's a huge benefit that you're able to reuse this menstrual cup for, um, for your cycles. Um, the other biggest benefit that I hear from people, from patients, from friends reading online is that for a lot of people, it has, it decreases their menstrual cramps, Hmm. which I cannot explain even from like a scientist physician side. I can't explain why it would decrease cramps, but I hear that many, many, many times that it decreases cramps. That is fascinating. Oh, yeah. that really wants me to go digging in. Some- <laughs> I'm sure. You, I'm sure you've dug up all the research. Um, wow. Today's show is made possible because of our friends at Thrive Market. Thrive Market is an online marketplace on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everybody where you can shop for thousands of the best-selling organic foods and natural products at 20 to 50% below traditional retail prices. So let me tell you what I'm getting from Thrive Market. There are three things that come to mind immediately. Number one, Primal Kitchen Foods Mayo. It is the mayo that I will always have on hand. It is my absolute favorite. It's the mayo that made me like mayo because I didn't like it before. Normally, this avocado oil-based mayo is $11.99 retail, and you can find it on Thrive for $7.49. Incredible. This is also the mayo that I use to make a much healthier alternative for ranch dressing. Add some lemon juice and some dill. Mmm, it's so good. Number two thing that I'm getting from them, bamboo diapers. These are the disposable diapers that we use on Grayson. When we use disposable, we are using cloth on her, but when we travel, when we go out, I would like to have some disposable on hand. Normally $13.50 retail, and you can find them on Thrive for $11.49. Incredible. Number three product that I get on Thrive. I get asked about this product all the time. Where do I find coconut aminos? Well, I'll do you one better. I'm not just gonna tell you that you can find coconut aminos on Thrive Market, but you can actually find them for almost half off. Normally they're priced at $9.73, depending on where you're shopping, and you can find them on Thrive for $4.99. It's unbelievable. These are the coconut aminos that we use as a soy replacement, and if you are looking for a recipe, Google Fed and Fit Mongolian Beef, and you will find the most killer Mongolian beef sauce made from coconut aminos. You need one jar of it. It's so delicious, you're not going to regret it. You can try these products for yourself today and get an extra 25% off your purchase and a free 30-day trial from Thrive Market. Just go to thrivemarket.com forward slash Cassie. That's T-H-R-I-V-E-M-A-R-K-E-T.com forward slash C-A-S-S-Y. Wow, that's really interesting. So. Um, do you mind if I ask then some very detailed questions? Just yeah. 
the people who've also never, I've heard about it and I've just been negligent <laughs> but by, by not um, jumping on the board yet, uh, which I will this next time around. But so you have a single cup and obviously ideally you're in the privacy of your own home. Um, yes. So the mechanics are you pull it out and I'm assuming then you empty it in the toilet. Yep. Is that right? And then yep. rinse it and then reinsert. Yep. Wash it with soap and water and reinsert. Got it. Wow. Very, very neat. Um, okay. Wow. I'm really impressed. What a, what a market disruptor. <laughs> you would think. Well, I guess you would think. Yeah. We really could be. <laughs> we're going to try to help. <laughs> I have been known to stop girls like in the grocery store tampon aisle and be like, let's, let's look at this. Let's see if I can talk you into trying something. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's wonderful. You, you know, you're an educator at heart. <laughs> I've been to parties where, you know, the conversation turns and pretty soon you've got your cup out demonstrating how to do the different folds. <laughs> that's fantastic. Oh my goodness. That's wonderful. Okay. So I would like to then jump in. I'm sure that a lot of these are mirrored, but what are some of the disadvantages of using a more conventional tampon or, or pad, aside from, of course, the economical and the um, not as environmental, environmental. Yeah, tampons specifically probably carry the highest risk. Um, you know, if you if they have, I mean, this has been over 20 years ago where they changed how absorbent a tampon can be. I don't know what it was exactly, but they called them the super absorbency tampons. And they pulled those off the market because people were leaving them in for, you know, eight hours and 12 hours at a time. And that's what led to the increased risk of toxic shock syndrome, mm -hmm. uh, which is a really serious life or death type of staph infection. And so that's the importance of, you know, a tampon really should be removed every, you know, at least four hours to decrease those risks. And it is rare and it has gotten better just because of, of limiting the absorbency of the tampons and the size of the tampons that people are using. Um, but this is why like you should never double up with tampons um, mm -hmm. and really they should be removed and replaced every four hours or so. Um, and so that one actually has probably the highest health risk, you know, and pads, again, periods are just messy. And yeah. so there's higher risk of the breakthrough bleeding with the wearing a pad or, having to replace it. And I think everybody's had those experiences, of, you know, bleeding through yeah. your jeans and where are you when it happens? And so, mm -hmm. uh, something like a diva cup, uh, menstrual cup in general. Um, like I said, just that convenience factor is such a life changer. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Um, if somebody is listening and they're thinking, okay, that's nice, but I don't think I'm not ready to jump on the diva cup train. Um, is there anything you would want folks to look for in a pad or a tampon if, if they're just looking to make a minor improvement? There are so many options out these days. You know, there are ones that are kind of marketed as organic. Um, and again, just like reading food labels, you got to read the labels and read the fine print and find out what that really means and what does natural really mean. And, um, but I think with tampons, avoiding the plastic applicators. Um, cause again, that is just waste. There's mm -hmm. comfort, I guess, you know, for the insertion part of it, but that is an easy step and it has a huge reduction in just plastic waste that's filling our landfills. So that's an easy step without really changing that you can still use a tampon. In fact, um, getting ready for the podcast, I ran across somebody's even making a reusable applicator. So it's your applicator and then you can just 
buy your cotton tampon to insert, but the applicator part is reusable, which is kind of interesting. Um, so that was, and then pads, there's reusable pads, they're cloth, um, kind of like, you know, the argument for disposable diapers versus cloth diapers, disposable obviously is easy, um, but cloth is reusable and a little bit more environmental friendly. Um, and so there's also cloth and reusable pads uh, for the same thing. Uh, you just got to clean them and reuse them. That makes so, a lot of sense. Still good options, you know, with making either, again, environmental impact or, um, trying to avoid toxins, you know, if you're cleaning up your makeup routine and you've started to eliminate all your sulfates and phthalates and now you want to avoid your toxins in your tampons, you know, that's just one more step where there are options out there for sure. And how neat it is that we do have options now. I think that it wasn't that long ago, most folks really, the, th the thing that came to mind of, well, you know what, I just want to live a healthier lifestyle and all that that could possibly encompass and mean to include economically, environmentally. Right. Um, you know, we used to think that really just, we probably just thought about our food and we right. <laughs> our cars. <laughs> yeah. And things have definitely started to just change over the years. And then even personally, like as you start to make changes, you know, again, you start to avoid, I don't know, this uh, SLS, sodium lauryl sulfate in your soaps, you know, like that's one change. And then pretty soon you're changing all your makeup and then you're changing all of your house cleaning products. You know how that just snowball effect happens. Absolutely. You can't unlearn something like that. You right. You know, if you are <laughs> suffering from eczema and you realize that sodium lauryl sulfate, like you just said, could possibly be aggravating it and you turn around your shampoo bottle and it says SLS on it. You're just going <laughs> to scream. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's so interesting. Once you, once you learn stuff like this, you can't unlearn it. And mm -hmm. then it's just very powerful moving forward. And I do think it's interesting that uh, – just at, from a mass production standpoint, again, there are just more and more options in everything. But even if we're still talking about, you know, specifically pads, tampons, menstrual cups, it, I mean, I did another, it was the interview I did with the Strategist magazine where we were talking about menstrual cups and found a website I had, or even just on Amazon, I had, you know, I heard of Diva Cup, I heard of Luna Cup. There's like a hundred. I had no idea there were so many cups to choose from. Wow. And then, Period panties are also kind of a new thing. Yes, I meant to ask like you. One brand and now there's 20. Like overnight, it just, it has exploded that that's another kind of interesting option. Hmm, that is interesting. That's another one that kind of has me scratching my head a little bit. I think I'll start with the Diva Cup. Yeah, my idea for the period panties, I see one is kind of for those in-between days you know, you think you're going to start, you're not sure when you're going to start. So wear your period panties instead of your really cute, fancy lacy ones, you know, it's kind of that catch all in case you need, in case you do need it. And then another really interesting place where I have, again, contacted the companies to let them know my thoughts <laughs> um, is that for period panties, for people with like uh, mental health disorders or that are, have physical handicaps, I mean, again, talk about life changing. These poor women wow. and healthcare providers are suffering with them trying to change pads and they're messy. And, you know, if you think about someone with a, a learning disability that functions at like a seven-year-old level, but she's really in her 30s and she's having periods, mm -hmm. like it can be a really messy, embarrassing situation for the family and for the patient. Yeah. And so something like period panties for them where it's like they can just wear the underwear and not have to worry about changing pads out, but it's not going to be such a mess. I think that's a huge place where they can have an impact. 
Oh my goodness. That's wonderful. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. That's not another thing I hadn't thought about. Very, very true. Yeah. Today's show is brought to you by Larissa's Kitchen. Larissa's Kitchen protein snacks are made with only the highest quality meats, including 100% grass-fed beef. There are no preservatives, no added growth hormones, no MSG, and no nitrates. Larissa's Kitchen meat snacks come in a variety of flavors. My personal favorites are the Korean barbecue beef and the ginger teriyaki chicken. They're so tasty. I always keep a few in my purse and gym bag for a healthy protein-filled snack when I'm on the go and I don't want to sacrifice quality ingredients. Larissa's Kitchen products are available nationwide at leading retailers such as Target, Walgreens, Kroger, Publix, convenience stores, as well as on Amazon.com. Use the code 20OFFLK to receive 20% off on Amazon. This is such a good deal. Again, that's 20OFFLK to receive 20% off on Amazon. Oh my goodness. Well, I would love to know, you know, change mom, change the world. What are uh, slightly deviating from uh, what we're talking about, but what are some other things that you wish women out there would know? Or it's one of those things, me as a nutritionist, I just kind of want to shout from the rooftops, the diet sodas aren't as good for you as they are. You know, like that, that's my one thing. And granted, I followed a very, very real food uh, paleo lifestyle for about a decade, mm-hmm. but, but those diet Cokes, they're still out there and people are grabbing them thinking that they're making a positive health choice. Um, right. that's my one shout out from the rooftop. I'm really curious. What are some of the other things that come to mind that you want women to know? I think so much of it is still just not being afraid to talk about being a woman, you know, uh-huh. not being afraid to talk about periods, not being afraid to talk about miscarriages and for the love to show each other some grace, mm-hmm. you know, it's building each other up and trying to be understanding and showing grace when someone is struggling and that we're not going to make the same choices and everybody is really probably trying their best. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so true. That's really beautiful. I am. So my daughter is five and a half months old and as a blogger, i blogged about my pregnancy throughout. And, um, and it's really interesting. I find myself writing her birth story and she's going to be half a year old before I (laughs) publish. Um, but I find myself, I've I've been writing this birth story over months and you want to know the biggest reason why I haven't written it yet is I'm so afraid of, of feedback. Yeah. And, and a part of that has to do with just the, the sleep, the lack of sleep that I've had. I can't, I'm not thinking as clearly <laughs> as the past uh, to just say, well, I'm just going to do it. Um, but it is, it is interesting. We, uh, it's a, it totally, it's a very interesting world to come into. Um, it's harsh. It's a harsh world. It the is. The pregnancy world and the mommy world, both. Yes. Because there are very well-meaning opinions on yes. drastically different ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Um, and it is. It's very interesting. But I love that. Give each other grace and know that we're doing our best. It's also taught me a lot going through the journey myself, what to say to a pregnant woman or a, or a new mom. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, and, and, the, and that's changed in the mm-hmm. past. It, you know, before having kids, I used to think, well, I'll just ask them, how's the baby sleeping? No, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> you know the answer is going to be bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I, and, and 
oftentimes those conversations have drifted into, well, advice on how to help the baby sleep. And I'm just like, we're doing, you know, we, people do what works for them. But it is interesting. Change your mom, change the world. I love that. Give each other a whole lot more grace and don't be afraid to talk about stuff. We as women, I just think it's interesting. We are such incredible creatures. We can shoulder so much. Um, and I think that in difficult times of life, we tend to be heroes. And, Absolutely. You know, and, and not um, just kind of letting things be. Well, that's interesting. Um, what are some, do you have any other I wish, I wish folks would know? I'm surprising you with these questions. <laughs> I know. And again, I feel like that could be a really long list. I do talk <laughs> a lot about nutrition and just, again, reminding them, and maybe the general blanket statement in all of these topics, nutrition, choosing if you're going to use pads or tampons, you know, is that baby steps also add up, you know, so making small changes, doing what you can. Um, if you're going to decide that, you know, you can eliminate soda, but you're not ready to eliminate your coffee creamer, like that's an okay step. Um, yeah. and, and that you don't have to change everything all at once. And again, then being nice to each other, everybody's trying their best. Everybody's making small choices every day. Um, but I also think that one choice begets another choice. Mm -hmm. And the grace in that is that one bad choice doesn't have to mean more bad choices. And I see that in big picture stuff, you know, for women who end up with unintended pregnancies or women who come to me because they've got sexually transmitted diseases, you know, part of that, um, for me, part of that counseling to them is reminding them that, you know, one bad decision doesn't mean you have to keep making bad decisions. You can still get out of this relationship or you can still change your, um, I don't know, your past in life. You know, like you don't have to be stuck. There's always a way out. Yes, absolutely. I think that's really well put. It's, it's very easy to feel almost like we're drowning in a circumstance right? Um, when there's very much um, a ladder that we can climb right out. Uh, and so I tell my patients all the time, like if they don't know what to do, just call us, you know, at least I've got resources. At least I've got somebody else I can call or check with or can get them set up with counseling, therapy, specialists, you know, safe houses, anything, you know, like, so I always tell them like, if they just don't know what to do, just at least call my office, at least call us because we'll help. <laughs> oh my goodness. What a wonderful resource you are for them. Your patients are very fortunate to have you. Well, that's wonderful. And you are, you're in Abilene, right? Yes. Okay. I just want to remind people listening. <laughs> mm -hmm. yep. cute, little, cute little Abilene, Texas. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, that's, that's really sweet. Um, man, I'm trying to think about, I have some other uh, chicken scratch here. Um, as far as women's wellness, do you note any correlations between, I'm assuming that you, you have from your perspective, you obviously follow a very real food, paleo-based uh, lifestyle yourself, but in terms of women's wellness, it have, is there a correlation between how women are, are eating? And Absolutely, yeah. And, and again, this is stuff I'm, I'm sure you know, and I'm sure you also preach just from the other side of it, but it has a huge impact on your hormones. Yes. So what you eat, you know, not besides just regulating your cycles can also help with your PMS symptoms. And it can help you have, you know, if you're eating a high enough fat diet, you should have less nausea with your first trimester in the pregnancy. I mean, there's lots of those overlaps 
transitioning through menopause, eliminating sugar helps with hot flashes. I mean, it just is that overall hormone control that if we're on a whole food, no processed foods, low, hopefully no sugar, you know, I mean, hormones should just be in their optimal ranges Mm -hmm. Um, and they should, and you should feel better. They should feel better. Pregnancy, you should get pregnant. You should feel okay during your pregnancy. Not everything is going to be eliminated 100%. Right. And, and again, how I tell my patients, PMS should just get better. It may not be gone, but it should still be improved. Mm-hmm. Um, cramps, endometriosis, PCOS, all of that responds to nutrition. Wonderful. I have a feeling, Nicole, I'm going to be asked by listeners to ask you back on this podcast in the future. <laughs> That'd be so fun. That would be so fun. Um, that's interesting. You know, when I was I going through this uh, pregnancy, Grayson's our first, and I, my dad of all people, uh, who he's, he, I get my nerdiness definitely from him. Like, <laughs> side, let's dig into the science, and I felt fantastic during my pregnancy. And a lot of that, I've been trying to approach it with a. I don't know where this is coming from yet because I this is my one experience. Right. Um, but I felt great. I had migraines in my first trimester, but I found out they were what they were triggered by and, you know, nixed that. But I really, really felt really good, had a very healthy baby, um, which I'm sure there's a lot that plays into it. But my dad was sitting there thinking, he goes, I bet a lot of it has to do with how you eat. (laughs) Um, I, you know, I want to, I want to nod my head at that and talk about it, but I also feel like I need to do a little bit more research in it because it's such a big, big topic. Um, but that's wonderful to hear you say that. And it's interesting. I did not know the correlation between high fat foods in your first trimester and reduction of nausea. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, wonderful. This has been such a pleasure. I don't really have any other um, notes jotted down, but I really appreciate you taking the time, Nicole. Oh, I'm so glad we got to do this. I am too. Really means a lot. Um, Thank you so much for making the time. Everybody, thank you for dialing in and listening. You can catch the full transcript over at bedandfit.com. And if you have more questions for Nicole in the future, please leave a comment on that blog post uh, so we can get some ideas. I'm I'm pre-inviting her out right now. (laughs) (laughs) There's lots of things we can talk about. And again, this is what I'm, it's what I mentioned, you know, that I think women just there's still that social stigma of, of avoiding talking about normal women topics, you yes. know? Yeah. I let, let's, let's get into it. I'm so, so needed. Um, and this audience I think is really going to enjoy hearing from you. Well, thank you again, Nicole. Thanks everybody for dialing in. Uh, and as always, we'll be back again next week. <laughs> <laughs>